1: Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man, and welcome indeed to the two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com, the coach and the big dog, bringing you sports and more, quite frankly, with an emphasis on more here on the talkzone.com, two guys at a mic show, big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock, NBA playoffs on the docket, down, down go the San Antonio Spurs, and a couple stars have been born for Oklahoma City, the NHL playoffs are hockey expert. The big dog, Joel Redwanski thought yesterday was his last hockey expertise of the season. He would be incorrect. The New Jersey Devils live for another day. Kentucky Derby, French Open, and more all on the docket for today's show. A little bit of music from producer extraordinaire David Olson, and then we will kick this particular show off. Thank you. Not only those items david olson but i hesitate to do it because i know big dog cringes but we have to sneak in a little bit of news and no titillating tidbits on the uh, jury selection of the trial of jerry Sandusky. i know it's a subject the dog does not want to talk about but big dog i mentioned you have been our uh, nhl hockey expert throughout the 2011-12 hockey season a brilliant Perfect. job and we thought your job would be over yesterday, but hockey lives for another day. So uh, another paycheck in the mail for you, my friend. How are you? Uh, I'm doing
0: I'm doing spectacular, coach. Woo-hoo! I was just here while you were uh, while I was waiting to get on there, and I'm like, you yeah. know, I, I might not have much, but right now I have so many good things going on in my life, and, and one of them one of them is uh, you and David Olson, coach. You like know. I get to spend the next hour with the two of you, but yeah. luckily. I don't have to see either one of you, but tomorrow I'm gonna to have to see David Olsen. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess, you know, I'll have to deal with that. But you know, well, we a,
1: may have to discuss oh, good, because good. Uh, I might be working a basketball camp next week. So you might be uh you might be doing some solo shots next week too. We'll talk off the air, but that's uh, issues to be determined, but I'm glad you're doing spectacular today, Big Dog, outstanding and uh we do got some NBA playoff basketball to talk about. Let me throw our phone number out real quick. 888-463-6748. Your conduit to scintillating. We used to have a laugh track for that one. I'd say that. Scintillating sports talk conversation. Again, 888-463-6748. Even though you're our hockey expert, and we hate, we're we going to get a little more hockey from you because it's not over yet. we got to start with NBA basketball. An amazing game yesterday, big dog, with Oklahoma. Really, it was two games. I swear I watched two there was a first half and I don't know I don't know what the hell went out at halftime, but a completely different game broke out in the second half.
0: Yeah, I, I was uh watching the Cubs game during the first half.
1: <laughs> Are you serious?
0: Yeah, yeah, I was. Oh. I was and actually I had uh you know, my this year man stuff was getting done yesterday. Actually there was a filmmaker that came to the house and was oh, really? like interviewing me. Nice. Like, so I didn't get to watch the game until you know, I went back and forth Cubs in the basketball game
1: after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope the uh, I hope the urination scene was done in good taste. I'm sure it tasted horrible, but that <laughs> luckily that that wasn't my scene.
0: So, Sorry about uh, that. Yes, I got to tell you something. Oklahoma City looks like the real deal, coach, and they truly do have a little bit of everything. And none of their starters are over 23. Wow! Isn't that amazing?
1: Wow. Are you sure? Serge Ibaka, he's listed as 22. My people tell me he's actually 35 and a grandfather, but, you know, that, see, Who possible.
0: knows? Who knows? I mean, for some that, you know, Greg Oden has his AARP card already. So, you know what I'm saying? You just never know any, yeah. anymore. For yeah. these kids.
1: But your point is well taken. Young team, unbelievable upside if they can keep him around. But uh, they were down 18 points in the first half, Big Doug. I tuned in. I didn't see a whole lot of the first half, but... I'm like, well, Santa, I'm smiling, you know, San Antonio, man. I'm sure you were, too. The champions, they respond. Oklahoma City's uh-huh. not ready for the big time yet. Wow, up 18 at Oak City. What an effort by San Antonio. And then uh, slowly but surely the smile was taken off my face.
0: You know, Coach, I'm following the game on my phone as I'm doing like doing work, and I have the cup came out in the background, okay? And I'm like, oh, San Antonio's up 18. I actually looked at it, Saw so I'm up 18, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll be able to watch Game 7. This is going to be cool. I'll watch it. Yep. Cool. I guess I'm not going to be able to watch Game 7. Uh, Oklahoma City comes back and dominates it. Uh, they have, like, a perfect complementary ball club right now, and they have a guy with killer Instinct and, and Kevin Durant and another guy that, you know, everybody complained Michael Westbrook took, took too many shots. Well. <laughs> This has ended up working out perfectly because you find out in the playoffs you really need players that want to shoot the ball. Not bad shots, but like really be able to get off their own shots. And if you could do that, all of a sudden everybody else can shoot the ball freely mm-hmm. in, in, in NBA basketball.
1: Yeah, we, we've, we've said this before. A great coach once told me that if you have three great scores, you are a really, really good team. You can defend one. No matter how good he is, you can defend one. If you have two really good scorers, you're awfully good. If you've got three, then you've got championship material team because then it's really hard to defend. And basically Oklahoma City has uh, three guys that are red hot right now and some complimentary pieces that are filling in very well, too. Talking about mm-hmm. James Harden, Kevin Durant, and uh, Russell, please don't call me Michael Westbrook.
0: You know, the other day I, I talked about, like, they have no bench. Basically, the one player. And I totally forgot that they had traded Jeff Green for Kendrick Perkins. Yep. I mean, that, that's so they do have two guys coming up the best. They basically have seven players, but that's enough. I mean, that really is enough for that team. It, it, I guess when they're, you know, you're 23 years old, you can play 38 minutes a game and 40 minutes a game every single mm-hmm. night, and it doesn't wear on you because they look as fresh as daisies out there. Uh, Miami or Boston? I'm not giving up on Miami yet because uh, even though I will be surprised if if Miami wins the series, I I, I, mean, I don't think they're totally out of it yet. Look how much talent they have, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: they are going to be severe underdogs. Uh, Oklahoma City right well, now. I don't so know I wonder about
1: how that. severe. Uh,
0: I, the, the the gambling. I will bet you that Oklahoma City coach will be a. One fifty overall hundred nope. favorite nope. In, against the Heat and a two to one favorite against the dis- uh, Celtics.
1: Disappointed in you beta maybe, 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 maybe with the Boston Celtics. But if the Heat come back and win two games, I'm still betting. You're still a little caught up in the wave of yesterday. Let it. Let it subside for twenty four hours, and I think,
0: Coach, this isn't me. I'm talking about the American public.
1: Well, I am too, but I I think you're overestimating the American public love for Oklahoma City. If it's the Heat, and they come back and win two in a row, I think Miami Heat will be the betting favorite. No,
2: not no no way.
1: Huh? And if the Celtics, if the Celtics wrap it up in six, I think Oak City will be the favorite, but. Barely. I think, you know, when people tend to go into their wallet and bet uh, their hard earned moolah, they still need to be convinced with a young team, even as impressive as Oklahoma City is.
0: We'll see. Yeah, I I, I don't think we're going to see because I think the Celtics are going to finish it off. So that one, we're going to have, we'd have a debate on that one because I I wouldn't agree. I think people would be betting on, uh, Mm it's going to be, they'll be two to one favorites over Celtics. But anyway, it's Celtics versus. Uh, the Heat tonight, that should be a pretty decent ball
1: game. So. Yep, going to be a good game. By the way, we should mention in the lineup, you said they went seven deep. They actually went eight deep because, I don't know if he's 40-something or late 30-something, but Derek Fisher, Derek Fisher down the stretch playing the final five minutes for Oklahoma City. You know what? He was a big part of that win. He hit shots, and even though he's, what, five, nine, that kid can play tough defense. He is mentally and physically strong as nails. Yeah, I, you
0: know, I, I was wrong. They, San Antonio was not able to take advantage of him when he was on the court. I mean, that's what you have to do: is immediately mm-hmm. get him involved in pick and rolls and everything defensively. And they didn't do it, coach. And they were not able to take advantage of Derek Fisher on the court. And Derek Fisher hit all the shots, so that was the difference. Basically, was how well he played, and it, that's the difference of winning or losing in Game Six. Because all the other games, the the, the the first two games that the Spurs won, Fisher got killed defensively
1: remarkable remarkable turnaround if you wanted to throw it out to the fans out there games you see recently where it has dramatically changed like that particular game that it really had started with the kevin durant just ridiculous three-pointer uh right before the halftime that was an 18 point lead that three-pointer brought it down to 15 so at the time it wasn't dramatic but big dog guys like you and me and i'm Sure, some of our listeners out there, and again, NBA fans, you want to check in, love to hear from you, 888-463-6748. We realized that uh, that three-pointer was not that insignificant because that kept Oklahoma City at least within shouting distance. But, man, that thing, the second half, I think it was 59-36. to Could you ever imagine San Antonio getting outscored by 23 at a championship do-or-die game?
0: No, I couldn't. I mean, they got thoroughly swarmed. And uh, Oklahoma City took advantage of the, the crowd's excitement. They took advantage of everything, and they everything flows for them, and they end up blowing them out, basically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, San Antonio, this might be the last year, coach. This might be the the farewell. Yes. Who knows? But you know, Duncan's going to be 37 next year. Yeah.
1: Papa yeah. Was, uh, papo is Papo. Papa was not aging well either. He looks like maybe a one-year vacation. Send him away to the Happy Farm somewhere. He looks a little backed up.
0: <laughs> Papa, that's a tough job. That's a tough job. But yeah. getting back to Derek Fisher, think about this: if he wins the title, he'll one-one yep. with the one-one with the Thunder, uh, many with the Lakers. I mean, he, he might. This might be like his sixth or his seventh title, and i will have one with three teams because he won at least one with the Spurs. as a matter of fact, he had like a game winning shot that knocked the Lakers out with a, did? as a Spurs. Really? Oh absolutely. Okay. And the thing about when he was with the Utah Jazz, that was the year they went deepest in the finals. Like Derek Fisher is like the the Don Baylor or Dave Anderson. Well no no excuse me, excuse me. Robert Ori is the Dave Anderson of, of, of basketball. Yeah. But everywhere Don Baylor went, they would go to the World Series. So that's kinda of like what Derek Fisher is. Mm-hmm. As an NBA player.
1: Now, you're not, I thought you were going to lead into your next comment. I, I hope wasn't going to be as Derek Fisher getting near Hall of Fame consideration because I don't. Oh. As good as he no. is in many championships, I don't think he's still Hall of Fame.
0: No, so Derek Fisher and Robert Ori are are in the same ball club. Mm. Like guys that you would always consider as great basketball players, just for the simple fact that they were. Always on winning teams and played phenomenal in the biggest moments, coach. And there's nothing wrong with that. I would be, I would be more than happy to have that be known yeah. as my career in the sport.
1: But I also wouldn't want to package the two of them. I think Derek and Robert Ory was a good, you describe Robert Ory pretty well. I think you're understating a little bit, Derek Fisher. Fisher's career, much more, uh, complete day than a yeah, Robert Ory. I mean, he's.
0: But, but Robert Ory, my goodness. Coach, I will take Robert Ory. I my team always because that guy, big shot Bob. Think about when he was on the Spurs, the Lakers, you name it, wherever he was on the. He was on the the Rockets, wasn't he? In '94, the, '95, they went back to that title there. I mean, that's, so that's mm-hmm. there, there's just some people that have it, and Derek Fisher is one of those guys. Coach, he was one mm-hmm. of the, seriously, next year. He will be in the middle of the year we'll be like he can't play anymore, blah, 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 and then like the heat'll pick him up and the heat will finally okay. win. And we'll figure out it's Derek Fisher.
1: Last time I checked, Chicago Bulls, um, based on their playoff run this year, big dog in need of a quality backup point guard.
0: And we will hate Derek Fisher all year. We'll complain. He can't he's the worst defender. We'll like say Boozer's a better defender than him. And then <laughs> blah blah blah. And then yeah. all of a sudden late next season. You know, Derek Rose is healthy. The first this be is three months after coming back, and he's finally fresh. And next thing you know, the Bulls are healthy, and Derek Fisher is the game-winning. I'll t- I take that, Coach. I, I like that. I'm already thinking about mm-hmm. next
1: year. For Thank Chicago. you very much. By the way, speaking of Carlos Boozer, I got myself into a somewhat uncomfortable situation over the weekend, Big Doug. I'm coaching a spring basketball tournament team. It was our final uh, game. And we didn't have a party, but I met with the kids afterwards and had a little uh, certificates made. out. I decided this year to go uh, to give them each a Chicago Bull Player as their award. You know, the C.J. Watson Award, the Luol Lu- 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 Deng Award. So I'm going down the list, giving the different award, describing the player and how they compare to the Bull I gave one guy the Carlos Boozer Award. Uh-huh. I didn't realize there was so much Carlos Booger negativity. There was a uneasy silence and uncomfortability, both from the kids on one side and the parents on the other side i think they they thought i was you know he he basically he was a big kid who liked to who thought he was a point liked to play outside and he shot too much but so i gave him the carlos boozer award but uh almost got myself in a little little bit of try i worked my way out of it you would have been proud of me but uh, <laughs> Next time, note note to any coaches out there, you might not want to give out the Carlos Boozer award. Oh my. Oh,
0: that's freaking hilarious.
1: Hey, let me that's... ask you now. You're the uh, Las Vegas guy. Real quick, uh, the Spurs went up 20. Go back about a week, big dog, if you would have plopped down uh, 20 bucks in Vegas saying, "Hey, here's 20. I think Oklahoma City is going to sweep. They're going to win the next 4 against San Antonio." What odds could they have gotten, Mr. Boy?
0: At least 50 to 1. I would say it would be about 51 because just to let you know, it's 16 to 1 if you just flip a coin head or tails to get it the same four times in a row. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I would have to say that even though considering that the three of the next four games would have been in Oklahoma City, so you gotta consider that if you wanted to go four in a row. The fact that the Spurs were gonna have one home game Involved in there makes it a huge difference because one loss and you lose. Uh, I, I would have to say it would at least be fifty to one. Yep.
1: And, and at the time the bet was being laid down, the San Antonio Spurs were playing as good; they were as in sync as we've seen from an NBA basketball team in many years. So
0: add there that to 20, it. Twenty consecutive wins. Yep. So you have to say, okay, not only are, do you have to uh, you know beat them. You have to beat them four times in a row and end their twenty-game winning streak. And when you do this, mm-hmm. so yeah, you're, you're exactly right. So it's at least fifty-one. So twenty dollars, which is a good number that you laid down, that ends up being you would have won a thousand bucks.
1: That's the beauty of sports, folks. That. You never, never know. And uh, sure enough, sure enough, Oklahoma said, "I don't think San Antonio had lost more than two games in a row this year, and I think even dating back to last year." And here they lose four consecutive games, but obviously an extremely talented Oklahoma City team. So uh, they'll be fun to watch in the uh, finals. Heat, Celtics tonight. Big Dog, uh, your pick tonight. You think Celtics wrap it up?
0: I I do, Coach. I would be, you know, not shocked but surprised if the the Heat pull out a victory here. And I I truly feel like if if it's a close game, the Heat have to blow them out. Because if it's a close game, the choke will happen to them. It, it, it will. That it's just going to happen to them. It, it, it does every game. Every time there's a close game, I could just imagine like the Heat down two, and uh, LeBron James gets fouled with a, under a minute to go. I mean, honestly, I would be expecting an air ball. So, I mean, that's how I kind of feel about the Heat right now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So. So you know, if, maybe if, if it's maybe close, stereotypical, and it's been built up on both things. One is I kind of want them to lose. I'm going to admit it here. I'm, I, I will admit I do want. I don't want the Heat to win the NBA championship. And the other part is, there's I've, been, I've heard it so much that maybe I'm kind of not really, like, really thinking objectively, and I'm just assuming they're going to choke in the clutch. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm getting? at?
1: I hear you. I hear you. It would be I'm rooting for Boston, but I, part of me would like to see Miami win it just so we could see a Game Seven.
0: Oh, I guess, yeah, could you imagine a game seven if they choked in Miami?
2: Yep.
0: I mean the fans have turned on them in Miami. The the they most fair fans ever, they end up getting this gift of LeBron James getting dropped in their lap and they show up for games late. They don't mm-hmm. even sell out. I mean it it's unbeliev it's just yeah. an unmitigated disaster in Miami. <laughs> this whole thing, Coach. The whole thing.
1: I don't know if I go quite that farther still. You know, two games away from a chance. I don't know if I'd go unmitigated, but let's just say it hasn't quite worked out like they thought of. Where there's a few kinks in the armor, but you're right. I meant to mention that the Miami Heat fans—that's that's a weird, awkward, uncomfortable group of fans. Even during the regular season, they were not having fun. You know, it was—they're cheering, but the body. And I'm talking about the fans now. This is rare. You hear about body language from fans. But their body language, the vocality—they're there. They're clapping, but it's the, the, the joviality, the fun of the game. Big dog, I think that has uh, uh, deviated, mediated, whatever the word is, down to the fans as well. It's interesting to watch.
0: Uh, it's not exactly watching Oklahoma City Thunder fan base getting not excited yes. as
1: a coach. <laughs> so I'm going uh, to bring up a great comparison now. A transition transition, and uh, first got to put out my uh, little tweet here because we're switching over to NCAA softball. I'm trying to follow producer extraordinaire David Olson's uh, hints on Twitter, which we put into a book in the not-too-future, uh, not-too-distant future. But uh, did you happen to watch the rain-delayed but nevertheless very exciting finish to the collegiate girls' softball season because it relates to what we're talking about with the Miami Heat? Did you watch the finish, Big Dog? Del-
0: Coach, yesterday I had the one of the blessed days of being able to fall asleep on the couch from exhaustion from absolutely getting hardly anything accomplished. So I I was able to I fall asleep. There must have been like a rain delay. I started watching the game. I'm like, oh heck yeah! I watched the top of the first, and I did not see any more of the game. I fell asleep.
1: <laughs> You're, so you were exhausted due to sitting around all day.
0: Well, uh, yes, kind of. I would have to say that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday was the least I'd accomplished. In, ah, well, maybe
1: that's why uh, once again I want to thank the uh, makers of the DVR machine. Uh, an outstanding performance, uh, David. If we could get the creator, the inventor, one of the technicians of the DVR tape machine, I'd like to personally thank them. But it was a three-hour rain delay, big dumb. Three hours. Okay. Ooh, All right. Yes,
0: I oh. can make it. It was like it was like. 10-15 when I started watching watch the game was yeah. after the, the, the basketball
1: game was yep. over with. Yep, yep. Well, I fell asleep, watched at 5-30 this morning. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But it was a really, really neat, it could be a case study for a psychology class or a sociology class. Fascinating. I hope I can describe it well. If any uh, of our fans out there watch the game, know what I'm talking about, comments on it, I'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748, the phone number, Oklahoma yeah, uh, both teams have won one game, but Oklahoma kind of the favorite a little bit. I've watched they jump out to a one nothing lead, and then they get a home run, and they're up three nothing. Okay, uh-huh. fourth inning, fourth inning. But the Alabama team, if you watch them play, they are always up in the dugout. They're smiling, they're cheering, they're doing their their chants and that kind of thing. And Oklahoma's got a little little different personality. Yeah. they still smile and That's have it. fun, but they're but they're more of a competitive bunch, and they both feed off their coach's personality as well.
0: Alabama like, plays the drums with helmets yes. and softball yeah. and off of the bench, and they come up with some of. To be quite honest with you, I, I hope that kind of becomes a tradition because I actually enjoyed the beats that were coming from the <laughs> dugout and the Alabama team. I'm not kidding, coach. It's I thoroughly it. enjoyed. That was the best well. part. Of this College World Series.
1: For being our and guest today, we are going to send you a CD of Alabama softball team in the dugout. The best of.
0: <laughs> yeah. DJ Steve Porter could definitely use something like that, yeah. if you know what I'm talking and
1: about. On behalf of the Alabama second baseman, by the way, uh, you'll be happy to know, Big Doug, there is no video. So take it easy. <laughs> I say that in the kindest way, because the Alabama second baseman, awfully good looking. All right. Um, so even though they're down 3 nothing, which is a lot. In women's softball. And the Oklahoma pitchers. Not, not
0: anymore. Not anymore. This isn't yeah. 1998 anymore. Yeah, you're you know right. know
1: what I'm saying? You know, you're it's right. a little different, Coach. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is a little different than it used to be, but still. 3 nothing. but the Alabama team is still smiling and cheering. Sure. Anyhow, the rain starts to come back again.
2: Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
1: Okay. And it's raining a little bit harder, but meanwhile, Alabama's out there. They get the three outs. Now Alabama comes up to bat, and all of a sudden, the Oklahoma pitcher starts to get affected. Mentally, the pressure, the tightness, and again, a very competitive but serious Oklahoma team and a jovial win-or-lose, let's-have-fun style from Alabama. And the Oklahoma pitcher starts falling apart, starts throwing some wild pitches, suddenly a one run across, two runs across. Now here's where it got interesting. The Oklahoma manager comes out and starts complaining with the umpire, my pitcher can't throw anymore, we have got to delay this game, it's unplayable. So they have a big meeting. And, of course, the Alabama team has said, well, wait a minute. Our pitcher had to throw in the rain. We had to field in the rain. Let's at least complete this inning. So he had all that going on. But here's the interesting part, Big Doug, and the cameras caught up beautifully. During the five, probably, it seemed like 20 minutes, but it was probably about a five-minute discussion, meeting with the NCAA officials and everything on what to do. The Oklahoma team, who still had a lead 3-2, to two, but it was slip-sliding away, in the dugout sitting down, serious faces, their coach arguing negatively. The Alabama team, during the potential rainout, or what it could have been, to prove the point that, hey, it's not that bad out there, they stayed out on the field in a group, smiling, talking, jumping up and down, waving to the fans, doing their chants and stuff, as if to say to the Oklahoma player, hey, come on, man, let's have fun, it's beautiful out here.
0: It gets your and, butt out of the field. Oh, yeah.
1: and you could just see it. One team tightening up and their coach, arguing with the umpires, the other team, having fun. And sure enough, over the next three innings, Alabama hit, hit, hit. Oklahoma tightened up. Alabama wins the game 5-3. to three. It was a really interesting psychological study of emotion.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Coach. I really wish I wouldn't have fallen asleep and have seen all that because, I mean, that's that's a pretty fun seven innings to watch of a college softball game. So, yep. congratulations to Alabama. And that goes to show, Coach. It really does. In all sports. I'm telling you, uh, when you're having fun, it is so much more. Yes. It's so much easier to play.
1: Good so lesson. So much easier to play. Good lesson. A lot of coaches should have watched that game. And uh, and you can still have fun and be competitive. It's not like it's one or the other. Yeah, it's not like it's a joke yep.
0: to people. Yeah, You know, but you know what? Like, I always thought I played football better with a smile on my face. Trust me, I was out to hit you. I found it fun to hit people. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know what I mean? I, I, would, I would laugh and have a good time. Yeah. I would get intense sometimes and yeah. angry.
1: I think Popo, Popo, did that a little bit too much. Now, not with Tim Duncan. There. I mean, you know, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Mono ginobili they've been with Popo so long, you know, they're impenetrable. But see if you're with me here. With some of the young players off the bench and some of the other star. I think Popo got so tight. His body language, I don't think some of the complimentary players for San Antonio contributed as much because Papo got him a little bit tight and afraid to make mistakes.
0: I don't know. I can't get into the the mind of those guys (laughs) over a series. I I do know Popovich does stuff like not coach at all and sit at the end of the bench and let his players take over and coach the whole entire game, do it themselves, leave the coaching staff out of it. He'll do stuff like that. He's not as tight a, 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 as you think. So okay. maybe a couple days he may have been in the series. If you think that's what really cost the Spurs, coach, no,
2: how you tie no.
0: that back from. I, I mean, maybe it did. Not. To be honest, I didn't watch every single possession of the series like I would have liked to.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, no, no, that wasn't the reason. It was just a little adjunct corollary. But at any rate, uh, congratulations, Alabama. Big win there. Uh, back to the baseball world, Big Dog. I, I apologize for laughing because I'm a Cubs fan, too. But uh, you said you were watching the game, and um, let's just say our ten to nothing victory of two days ago is a distant memory at this point.
0: Uh, you know what? Uh, well, what are you going to do? Hold on for one or two victories that you get a week. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: You know, you sometimes just got to put your head down and keep <laughs> on trucking as a Cubs fan, and you got to look at the positives. And uh, you know, Jeff Samardz is going to be pitching soon. Is it today, possibly?
1: I will check that in a second. Okay. But you can continue talking while I'm checking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, none of us. Any, if you were a diehard Cubs fan and you came into this season with any type of speculation that they were going to contend or even have a chance at a winning season, you were extremely mistaken. There was no way a, a lineup that Alfonso Soriano was going to be the basis of your lineup could that possibly ever been successful in a two thousand and twelve baseball season.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: you know, if you don't have some type of sense of humor yes. about this, yep. it'll just eat you alive. Otherwise yep. you just can't watch baseball. So since I do want to watch baseball and since I love the team and know eventually they're going to get it turned around, I have to take this year laughing at it and just yeah. hoping they move the right players. That you know, that somehow I know that two thousand thirteen we're not going to go into the season being like are you kidding me? We're going to be this bad? Like we all, like you and I did. We, 63 wins, coach. And I mean that. I seriously mean that. Please get 63 wins. I do not want to have as well, a 100-bus season.
1: Here's that. another angle, Annette, uh, besides keeping your sense of humor. And, and uh, I know most people, from talking to them, from doing this show, are not able to go along with me in this uh, mental conception. But I'm able to, so to hell with the rest of you. Uh, and I remember when the Bulls were real bad, real bad, like six, seven years ago, we had the same philosophy. What I'm talking about, Big Dog, I can still enjoy watching the Cup because even though I know they're not going to win a championship, they're probably not going to finish 500, any win becomes like a upset win. I remember feeling that about the Bulls when they were really, really bad. I forget how many years ago. I could still watch them because when they won, it was like, yeah, maybe it's from rooting for Northwestern for so many years that does that to me. But so I can get that a little bit out of the Cubs this year. Is any win is a big win? Does that make any sense at all?
0: You know, I'm a diehard baseball fan, and yes, any, any win is a big win, especially, especially if the win involves uh, Jeff Samarja yep. going deep into a game, getting the ball to Sean Kemp, and maybe somebody that next year. We can say, hey, this guy is our, our ninth inning guy, whoever that might be, whether it's Sean Camp, whether it's some uh, a well, I doubt it's going to be him, but there's so many names that we don't think can be there. And then also, maybe offensively, if we're like, oh, Starling Castro is uh, taking a few more pitches and he's being patient while wow, his batting average is going up. And, oh, Jeff LaHare can play left field. You know what I mean, Coach? So as a Cub fan, if you just want to keep on looking at the negative and how bad they're going to be, it's. It's it's awfully difficult. You, mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to look at the positive. Now next year, I got to be honest. If there's no improvement, I might start getting angry. You know what I mean? <laughs> if it's another year where you're like, where are the major league players on this yeah. team? You look at 25 guys, and there's like, like I, I put a question out on Twitter today. Like, who do you want back on the roster on this year that you would want on next year? Like uh, honestly, yes. I I want a clean house so about, bad.
1: Can I give you this response, Dave? That's one case where you don't need all of 154 characters on Twitter.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're exactly right. You really—I mean, if you think about it, there's only truly in my heart there's only about six guys I really want back. You know, I knew—I know they have to field a team, and I know that there's some guys that are decent, but mm-hmm. I, I know. Forget like the whole untouchable thing. you're Like, yeah, I would trade anybody on this team. When they say Jeff Samardzija is untouchable, no, no offense to him, and I think he could be phenomenal. I mean, he's not exactly untouchable to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nobody's you know, untouchable. The
0: Steven Strasburg, I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. Justin Margot. I hope you like Washington D.C.
1: Right now, if I were the GM, the only untouchable, and that's because I've only got a temporary man crush on him. But I would not trade Steve Clevenger right now. I'm all about Steve Clevenger.
0: Okay, I, I I'll know be over. You...
1: You know, by the end of the weekend, I'll be on to somebody else. But uh...
0: Uh, there's no doubt I want him on the roster next season, Coach. I really do want. I, I no doubt I want. Clevenger, I want him on the roster okay.
1: next season. Apparently I'm not the only one touched by a Steve Clevenger. Got a nice
0: stroke.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Folks, baseball fans, you'll want to check in, trying to keep our sense of humor talking about the Cubs. They lose 8 nothing yesterday. By the way, you have to wait one more day for uh, Jeffrey Samarja. Today it is Matthew Garza. Pitching against the veteran Randy Wolf. So uh, a couple of pretty good pitchers going at it in the, it's a three game series. This would be the rubber game of the series. So, uh, let's, let's, uh, you know, beat Milwaukee. Let's take a series. Big dog. That's got to be the Cub approach. Hey, got to ask you about their draft choice now. Albert Almora, okay. the high school kid. Yeah. Did you see this, yeah. David Olson, what his response was? The guy's a little smart ass 18 year old kid. He, uh, sixth overall pick in the draft. And his comment to the media was, well, hey, it's, it's a thrill that they picked me. I would have been happy with any team. So there was like no, you know, love for the Cub or loyalty to the Cub. But right now I'm planning on going to the University of Miami. Things might happen. He puts that out there. Things might happen to change. But right now I'm all set to go to the University of Miami in a collegiate career. So the guys already playing the Angles big dog at the age of 18. Uh,
0: who, guess who his agent is, coach? So it shouldn't be too hard.
1: Communications, philosophy. What? Who's his, who's his agent? Oh, Guess I who's thought you said what's his major? His agent's got to be not Drew Rosen, Scott Boris. Yeah, it is. What a pain in the ass that guy is.
0: So I mean, this is all part of the game. Scott Boris making play like he's honestly. There's no reason if you're a, there's no reason to pick a Scott Boris high school baseball player. Okay. Honestly, there's no reason to do it. You're just it's, you're risking way too much. Okay, but then again, everybody has to remember uh, if if this guy goes to Miami, Scott Boris won't get paid for three years at all, nothing because I don't I, like I don't exactly understand that either. So Scott Boris is representing, but the kid can still go back to, go to college. How does that work, Coach? How I does I don't understand any of this stuff now because I know in football I... you can't do anything like that.
1: I try to understand as little as possible about how agents in the financial world talks about. So I can't give you an answer. I really have, a, a, you know, I mean, it's a, a minute interest, but I, to me, it, it ruins the fun of sports. So I try to stay away from that minutia as much as possible.
0: Well, that minutia is getting dropped in your lap because... Yeah. Uh... You're right. The, the next, the next coming of uh, Tito Landrum, some, you know, some guy that's going to have about twenty five career home runs for the Chicago Cubs,
2: or, mm-hmm.
0: or some other organization, is trying to hold the Cubs uh, captive. This is a stupid pick. First, I'm just going to say that I, I, didn't like <laughs> it. I, I said it the day after it happened. This was a dumb pick. I didn't know that this was going to occur. To, to have not all these bases cleared, okay. To have this kid say that after you pick him with the sixth overall pick is moronic. Can I say it any more clear about this? I'm almost sad that you brought it up, Coach. Because, you know, 2012 is supposed to be this year that, okay, they're not going to win, but maybe we can get a foundation of clear out all the garbage and let's start building. We don't have to worry about winning this season. We can actually just have a whole entire season dedicated to 2013. Mm -hmm. You know, the Cubs have never done that. Well, guess what? Uh, their first round draft pick is a freaking waste as of right now.
1: <laughs> wow! Forty eight hours into his uh, professional, maybe professional career, less than forty. Welcome well, well, dude, to the big time, we just Albert got Amora.
0: Read the scouting report on him. Report on him. Uh, it's, uh, they're projecting the kid to be decent. So the, a kid that, uh, yeah, we're we're hundred percent sure that he's going to be decent. Oh, he's got a uh, he's he's got average speed. Oh, he's got decent power. He's got an average arm, but he's got good instincts. I mean, that's nice to know. That really is nice to know. Okay, but with the, with the six overall pick, can't you get guys that have decent instincts that they also say, hey, this guy's got great instincts. Oh, and by the way, his arm is like a cannon. He's got incredible power. He runs like the wind. Because everybody else's draft picks uh, read exactly like that after the Cubs did. And now the kid not only... You know, he should go to Miami because the guy probably isn't ready for professional baseball. This is stupid. I can't <laughs> believe that this pick – I mean, seriously, uh. they can't – if you're going to pick somebody with a six overall pick that says, I'm thinking about going to Miami,
1: yeah.
0: and then you're worried about it, the scouting report should be like, this guy's the next Bo Jackson. Right. Said I mean, mm-hmm. really, who is he, the next uh, Matt Merton?
1: Is it possible? <laughs> I love Matt Merton. No, yeah, I forgot look, about Matt Burton
0: Matt should have been like a fourth-round draft pick in Major League Baseball. Matt and was like, for certain. He was, he was like was... a 30th. Yeah, uh,
1: possibly, Big Dumb. Possibly you're overreacting just a bit. Uh, uh, your points
0: uh, won't well take. Can they have a redo on the draft? Can they?
1: Possible. I, I, To be honest with you, in your whole tirade, I got distracted because they showed two consecutive replays of Maria Sharapova winning her quarterfinal match and striding long for a ball that was out of bounds. So pretty much everything you said uh, only entered part of my cranium. The, uh, the other part was reserved at that point for the long stride of a Maria Sharapova. Yeah. By the way, all the Samantha Stoser fans out there, big dog, hate to be the first to break it to you, but Samantha Stother has lost entering the finals of the French Open Sarah Arani. And let's uh, speaking of Ronnie, let's bring in Ronnie Santa. Ronnie, if you could, because a lot of our uh, fans are not familiar with the work of Sarah Arani. She's in the French Open Championship. Ronnie, if you could, tell us a little bit about women's single specialist Sarah Arani.
0: Well, uh, she likes to wear short skirts, Patrick. Wow. And uh, she likes to go back and forth, work up and down. Uh, got a nice short game. Uh, <laughs> she prefers long game.
1: Wow. Does she rush net or stay back and hit ground strokes?
0: Uh, She prefers to do both, but uh, she does have a good backhand.
1: All right. Does she like to keep the ball down low? <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you very yeah, much. She stays up every once in a while. Thank you very much. Real quick, we got to touch on our uh, White Sox. Uh, the nine-game winning streak in the distant, not distant, but in the uh, rearview mirror at any rate. They've lost a couple of games now to Toronto, cooled off a little bit. 4 to nothing. Brendan Morrow pitched a great game on the bright side for the Sox. And uh, they got the, not the rubber game, but they'll try to avoid the sweep today against Toronto. They're still in first place. Half a game over Cleveland, who've beaten Detroit two games in a row. But uh, the kid, Jose Quintana, big dog, minor leaguer to start the season, stepped in and yeah. pitched pretty well. He's been, a am not going to say a star, but a pleasant surprise for the White Sox. Well,
0: when John Danks comes back, you know, he's going to lose his spot, but he's... On the Chicago White Sox, you know, his, he'll be a uh, uh, maybe a spot starter or a, a long release guy for them the rest of the year. You have to say he's he's, mm-hmm. he's stuck. He's made the team. Yeah. Coach. yeah,
1: I think so. So that's a that's a bevy of young arms that the Chicago White Sox have in their bullpen now. And uh, you know, middle setup guys, closer. Basically, it's a bunch of young guys, and then the veteran Matt Thornton. Right. That's pretty much the sock bullpen.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Very reminiscent of like the early 90s when they had like a bunch of guys that were 25 and then Bobby Thigpen.
1: Mm -hmm. Now the problem is, just like hitters, scouting reports start to get a little more detailed on young pitchers. Assuming, and let's hope so here, because even though we probably bleed a little bit more Cub, we still root for the White Sox, at least I do. Let's hope the Sox are uh, still in it. But all of a sudden now it's September and these teams have seen and the scouts have analyzed Addison Reed's, the Nate Jones, the Hector Santiago's of the World Big Dog. Plus the pressure of a division championship run, the final 30 games, does the young bullpen hold out? I, I don't know that you can answer that, but that's a question.
0: Well, I, there's enough of them. There's enough of them that you gotta if, got to figure if these guys have had enough success in the major leagues that I would have to say, okay, they, they at least have the stuff. Well, three of them will pan out, three of them won't, on average. So you know, maybe, hopefully, for the White Sox, they'll have four of those fish guys pan out, and all of a sudden they got a really good bullpen if they have four really good arms out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And it does, uh, you know, I keep waiting, and I'm not writing them off yet. The Detroit Tigers, who were the consensus odds on, I'm not saying they were prohibitive. that's too strong, but they were probably the pick to win the American League. A lot of people have them win the series, and they continue to you know, hit that medium point, just to struggle to be blasé. Uh, if they were a flavor, they're definitely vanilla right now. Again, too early to count them out, but big series with Cleveland, Big Dog, you thought maybe. Maybe this is the time the Tigers start to strut their muscles a little bit. They've lost the first two games of the series, so it's looking more and more like the Detroit Tigers. It's just not happening.
0: Yeah, it, you know what, that's what I was wondering as a Sox fan, when, they, when the Tigers and Indians are playing, are the, are the Sox fans happy? That the Indians are winning this game? Yes. You you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I understand that, oh, yes, they're not gaining on the second-place team. But are are Sox fans more fearful of the Tigers or of the Indians at this point?
1: It's changing, but I think we're still at the very end of the residue of the Tigers. But it is – that's a work in progress is the answer to that question. It's becoming Cleveland.
0: Well, the Tigers last year were so unreal in the second half. Kind yeah. not like how everybody's expecting the Brewers to eventually uh, get out of their slumber and go on a nice tear. Everybody's expecting the same thing out of the Tigers
2: because mm-hmm.
0: perennially, I shouldn't say perennially, but over the last few years, both of those teams have done that. And again, this year, both of those teams, the Brewers and the Tigers, have started out kind of garbage. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, We'll see. A reminder, the season doesn't end to the end of September. We're still somewhat early in June, so be careful. We've seen it, uh, way too many years, Big Dog, where teams do get on runs, and the Detroit Tigers have the talent. So it's too early to count them out, but, uh, not so good right now. 888-463-6748, the phone number, Dog, and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Big Dog, you will be doing these shows solo tomorrow, huh? In studio? Uh,
0: I will be in studio tomorrow, wow.
1: so. <laughs> Woo! With a female or by yourself? Uh, I
0: don't know. What are you trying to say about David Olson?
1: Well, David's going to be the producer I'm talking about in studio. Oh, okay. Well, I will hopefully be having a
0: couple different people coming Ah, on, different co-hosts with me tomorrow.
1: Beautiful. beautiful. Because, you know, I thought thought we could maybe do a contest. You know, not win a date, but win a one-hour sports talk appearance with the big dog. Females only allowed to enter. I thought it could be maybe a ratings hit for us.
0: Uh, That might work. Uh, I'll take males, too, but we probably – I don't know if we'd get the same rating or the mm-hmm. same demographics with yeah. it.
1: Or you could dress in the this year, man. We could have do a show with this year, man, and have uh, some kind actually, of contest. There would be a lot of females, I'm sure, that would enter that particular contest.
0: Well, I would be. I'd have no problem actually bringing the suit tomorrow because there's so many uh, dry cleaning places in the neighborhood. It mm-hmm. is a Korean neighborhood. Yeah, exactly.
1: So we could I do, do we could bring we could do the first half of the show. David, I'm already producing this sucker. Big Dog would be in his This Year Man outfit, and the female would be uh, on the other side. And then we'd go to a break, and two minutes later we'd come back, and then she's got the This Year Man outfit on, and Big Dog's wearing nothing but his boxers.
0: And now, now, Coach, I, I, at, well, let's ask David Olsen if it's okay to produce it. Is it okay if I do the show tomorrow as This Year Man, just as This Year Man, and promote it? As, is it okay, David? Of course. Of okay, so I will be in full garb tomorrow,
1: Coach. Okay.
0: even Boots wow. included, by the way.
1: <laughs> I don't know if the camera gets there, so you may have to, to rise up and show them the boots, but uh, those are uh, very attractive, long, red boots, correct, for this year, man?
0: Yeah, they are. And uh, as a matter of fact, here's what, uh, if, uh, if I can get somebody to come in and film it, uh, I will actually bring you into the East Bank Club, and you can have all day afternoon wow. to, to just relax at East Bank Club. So you get it from like noon to ten. That's like ten hours. Coach. Are
1: you, are you talking to me now, David Olson, or the female winner of our contest?
0: It's, I'll take a male. Okay, I don't care who it is, a male or a female.
1: Okay, cool. Okay.
0: But wow. they do. Whoever it is, they do have to put suntan lotion in the part of my back I can't reach.
1: <laughs> be careful, back hair. Bobby's going to be uh, emailing in anytime soon. This is a
0: this is a public area, coach. That yes. whoever is going to be spreading this oil on me. Well, yep. most
1: likely a, a public area. Just got an email in from Down Low Larry. He says the fact that it's a public area is no problem at all. Apparently, <laughs> Down Low Larry is very comfortable with his sexuality, big dog. All right. Okay. Uh, so that's excellent. So you will be uh, walking up the stairs uh, past the various offices and. Lush carpeting that it takes to get to the TalkZone.com studio. By the way, speaking of passing by the offices, uh huh. a little, uh, I don't know if you want to put this on my hit list or not, but I always find it humorous. There was an office downstairs with a sheet on the door, and the sheet says back in 45 minutes. Well, <laughs> so if someone's coming to, either you know, for an appointment or maybe they didn't have an appointment, Coming to see them. What the hell good is back in forty-five minute? When did they leave?
0: Yeah, I, I, I completely, I completely agree. <laughs> and if you're gonna put a back in a, and then there's a certain amount of time, yeah. minute. Okay, I just want to let you know, five is the most that you can put up. Yes. And it, I, I literally mean that when I see 15, I'm like, who the hell are these people? How long ago was 15 minutes? Five, you can deal with five. <laughs> the the or, fact or, that somebody put 45, they should have just thrown an fu, being like, hey, here, <laughs> this is what I said, 45 minutes, go after yourself. <laughs> Boy, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean,
1: 15 is bad enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or put the time on the sheet. Yes, I you will know, be or back. Ba- or, you know, back. By 11 o'clock, something like that. I found that rather humorous. At any rate, uh, that's outstanding that you'll be coming in studio today or tomorrow. Uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number, dog and the coach, right up until 11 o'clock. And, uh, the day is wearing on pretty quickly. Big dog, we mentioned or we said at the top of the show, we got to bring it up. I know you don't want to talk about it too much, but it is curious that the Jerry Sandusky Penn State trial is uh, starting to get near the beginning and the jury pool. I don't know if you follow the story or not. The the controversy right now? I have followed none. The controversy right now is a good part of the jury that has been agreed upon by both defense and prosecutors. Over half of them have a fairly direct connection to the football program and or Pennsylvania State University. Really? Yeah, but I, I guess... David the, the the defense attorneys must think that's maybe or, or I'm sorry it's the prosecutors that would argue with that right maybe because ideally you would want people not connected to the university Jerry Sandusky still hey, I,
0: the, the, this whole thing has been handled so bizarrely coach and I, I mean just the way this has all been passed down, everything passes down, and I'm sure these people are going to do their job, whoever the jurists are are going to do their job, okay? I'm not accusing them of anything. But the simple fact that you would have think they've learned by now how trying to hide stuff and all this other crap has really turned this into a ridiculous nightmare, and this could have ended a long time ago, that say, hey, you know what, let's have Penn State totally disassociated with this. They can't find 12 people in Pennsylvania that uh, can think objectively that, uh, aren't involved with the Penn State University whatsoever. You know, just, just, just so they don't have to deal with it, or, or the criticisms, or the, or the, you know, if nothing of this had, if, if this had been handed perfectly, okay, and you had a bunch of Penn State people involved in I'd be like, alright, it probably shouldn't be, but I'm, okay. At this point, they haven't learned their lesson of the public nightmare that it's been so far. So, that's, I don't know.
1: By the way, as a side note, Drew Peterson has come out uh, with a quote saying he thinks Jerry Sandusky is completely innocent and should be let go.
0: And this Drew Peterson, I mean, he always has exactly the right thing to say,
1: doesn't he? <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, well, we'll see how that uh, holds up. But uh, apparently that's the, the jury pool hath been selected. David, are you, you're our legal expert here. You think... Uh, I think Big Doug's probably right, and that's what the prosecutors are thinking. If you pick the right people, even though, if you pick the right people, even though they're connected, they can still remain objective?
0: Yeah, I would hope so. You would think they'd be able to.
1: Alright. Very good. Alright, I will, I will try my best, Big Doug, not to bring up the sort of details on the show, but if it is noteworthy, we may have to, on occasion, uh, bring it up. Okay? Sure. I apologize. Alright, uh, you are a hockey expert. We thought your job would be done today, but the paychecks will keep coming, big dog. NHL hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs, not done yet. The New Jersey Devil find a way, and they live for another day.
0: Yeah, I guess they showed up. They really did not show up in games two or games three. They did not play very well. Uh, They were totally outskated. Well, they showed up for game four. Uh you know, it's, I don't even, it's not even like a must-win for the Kings at this point. You know what I mean? You would almost expect New Jersey to get another game possibly, and then 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 all of a sudden they, you, the Kings would get tight. But still, the Kings should be able to, to skate free and easy. They've, yeah. they've lost a couple game fours already
1: when they had a chance to sweep. The only so negative I I part was uh, yesterday was at Los Angeles. So it's yeah, kind of good. Those, it's always cool to wrap it up in front of your own fans.
0: It's it definitely cool to wrap it up in front yeah. of your own fans. And uh, I feel bad for the the, the ten thousand uh, L.A. King fans that went to all those games all year long, <laughs> and then we're at the finals not to see it. Yeah. To the to the twelve thousand Come lately, that's, that's too bad for you. <laughs> too bad they're probably complaining right now. They bought their first ticket of the season, mm-hmm. spent like a thousand bucks for it, and are complaining that they didn't get to see the championship at their home yep. ice. Yep. When there's other people that've been the 50 games home games this year, those are the ones I feel bad for. Those yep. are those people.
1: I still remember when the Blackhawks won their Stanley Cup, it was thrilling and it was fun for everybody, but it was the, the uh, emotion of the moment was cut a little bit by, A, the fact that it was in Philadelphia, right? And then, B, the weird circumstance where beside Patrick Kane, nobody else realized he scored the winning goal. So it almost it took a little of the excitement out of the championship celebration.
0: I, I can't believe you said that, Coach, because Joe, who Doc Emmerich is, the, yeah. the play-by-play yeah, guy. Oh for yeah. the mm-hmm. Okay, and he was on the best show on television, which is uh, Highly Questionable with Dan Levitard. The guy's freaking a genius. I, I, the, I, the guy's uh, the best show on TV. It's him and his dad, and his dad knows nothing about sports, and this guy knows everything, and they put him on together, and they talk sports, and it's, it's phenomenal. They had Doc Emmerich on, and they, Dan Levitard asked Doc Emmerich, have you ever goofed up? And he's like, oh, I had many goof-ups. He's like, and the worst one was when Patrick Kane scored. <laughs> he's like, yeah. the Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup for the first time in years, and I don't even have a call for it.
1: <laughs> but
0: yeah, it, like, the way he talked about it, he feels so bad for, like, Blackhawks nation. He made, and, you know, he's the, he's, isn't he the Detroit Red Wings play-by-play guy? Not sure. And I think he might be. So I think, And I think there might be some heartfelt like, – I couldn't – I had no idea. But the way he was talking, I think – Maybe he was like, you know, I, it has nothing to do with our rivalry. <laughs> so I think he might have been coach.
1: Yeah, but but in, in defense of uh, Mike Emmerich, and it's kind of cool to hear him admit that it was like nobody did. Again, outside of Patrick Kane, literally nobody on the on the offensive side, the Blackhawk side, fans, coaches, announcers, players, outside of Patrick Kane, at the moment of truth, realized that that puck had gone in the net.
0: And, Coach, can I, can I say even a, a, the most important person that you left out in that whole list of people that didn't know that went in? The, the goalie? official. The official. Oh, I mean, yes. The goalie, too. How about the official? <laughs> he didn't point. Okay, he didn't point to the goal until like like, like five seconds afterwards. Oh, he's like, oh, yeah, goal! Mm-hmm. You know, and then he points and That's the Blackhawks a, I, win the first day the
1: cup. You know, not yeah. to complain because, uh, you know, it, it sports a little bit, but, but in the minor complaint area, we don't win that many championships uh, since I've been rooting for sports, almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. I can't say my first six years I was actively rooting for sports. But two of our rare championships, the one we just described, and then the I'll never forget this, the Chicago Bears. I've mentioned this before with you, Doug. In 1985, and this one meant even more to me because I had rooted on so many Bears, bad too. when they finally win the Super Bowl at the moment as the clock is winding down, they're showing all the players jumping down. And then they go to the bench, and there's Walter Payton pouting on the bench at celebration time because he didn't get the ball. Now, it didn't ruin I don't mean to paint that it ruined my celebration. I was still happy and excited. But like the cane, silent goal, if you want to call it that, it took a chink out of what should be a celebratory moment. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Is, you, uh,
0: do? yeah I, you know, I didn't see that moment. You want to you know about You think you had a bad moment because you – of what you saw, I was watching. Uh, I was watching the, the. I was watching the Super Bowl with a guy by the name of Rob Reckless, and Rob Reckless was a lobbyist for years. And I tell you all kinds of stuff, all the time about like, well, I've heard this, I've heard that, and it comes directly from my guy Rob Reckless. He's no longer doing that. He now works for a senator, so he doesn't have to do the the lobbying anymore. He's on the other end of it, and so he doesn't tell me anything anymore. But but he, my dad forced me to go home with him and as he dropped Rob off with five minutes to go in the Super Bowl. When Reggie Phillips is returning a touchdown to make it 46-0 oh, at the time, 44-10, when Henry Wax is getting a sack, I didn't see any of that. When they're <laughs> celebrating carrying two coaches off the field, I saw none of that. Because I was coming home. My dad couldn't wait to drive Robbie home another 15 minutes to have us watch the end of the game. I <laughs> was so mad, he had no idea. And I'm like, don't even tell me about it. I'm sorry, Rob.
1: <laughs> and thank you, by the way, on behalf of all Bear fans, for the Reggie Phillips and Henry Wachter reference. Uh, always good to talk about those two guys.
0: Yeah, well, I, well I, I watched it on replay, yeah. you know, but still, it was not the same. I, you know what I mean? The Bears are yeah. wrapping up the Super Bowl, Coach. I couldn't agree more. You waited a lot longer. I was a lot young, a little bit more optimistic, but still my love of Walter Payton, you know, was yep. like unquestioned.
1: Yep.
0: And, uh, you know, I don't even think I would have understood that he was mad.
1: Yeah. is question. But at any rate, Big Dog, as we sign off, I highly recommend to both you and any of our listeners to check out ESPN right now as Maria Sharapova. This is your ultimate bet-the-over match. Maria Sharapova going up against Petra Kvitova. probably mispronounced that. But this is a heck of a match in more ways than one.
0: I'll check it out, Coach.
1: Yeah, you should. You should. I always say women's tennis, big dog. Women's tennis is harder than men's tennis because they groundstroke it back and forth. Men's tennis is a power game. You don't get as many long rallies. Thank you very much. All right. Big Dog will talk uh, solo tomorrow. I just turned it on. I'm impressed, Coach. I'm very impressed. I got to go, everybody. (laughs) Have a great day, everybody. Big Dog solo in the studio tomorrow. You never know what will happen. Tune in for that. I won't because I'm probably afraid to see. 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late. Have a great day.